Who's your trusted source when it comes to your facility questions, concerns, and needs? Ours is Hard True, the world's largest manufacturer of tennis court surfaces, equipment, and accessories for over 90 years. Partner with their trusted team of experts, along with collegiate greats Jamie Loeb, Alex Rybakov, and Dustin Taylor to bring the service provider of over 30 professional events annually to your facility. Whether it's the red clay of the Houston ATP, the green clay courts of the Charleston WTA, or the official hard court of World Team Tennis, Hard True has you covered. If you're looking to build a court, convert a hard court to clay, or simply resurface your hard court, work together with Hard True in their mission to lead the tennis industry by creating better places to play. To learn more about their state-of-the-art surfaces, along with their catalog customizable on-court accessories, check out hardtrue.com or call 877-442-7878 today. That's hardtrue.com or 877-442-7878 today. daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Tuesday, April 6th. Was a relatively tame start to the 2021 clay court season as the WTA action in Charleston and Bogota and ATP action in Marbella and Cagliari continued on Tuesday. That's going to be the focus of today's podcast. We're going to save the challenger talk for Wednesday's Great Shot podcast episode. Crack Rackets contributor David Gertler joined me to recap the last week of action, talk about this week's play, and then, of course, name our March All stars on the ATP Challenger Tour. Now, on Thursday's Great Shot podcast, Chris Halioris, Matt Stachowiak going to join me as they do every week to recap all of the college tennis action happening across the country. Want to also bring to all of your listeners' attention the Great Shot podcast episode I did yesterday with Tennis Abstract's Jeff Sackman. He and I recapped the first third of the season, the hardcore play we've seen thus far. We talked about the statistical outliers, the players who right now have an ELO rating on Tennis Abstract, which measures who you play, not when or where. And we talk about the origins and, I suppose, makeup of ELO ratings on that episode. We talk about the players who ELO rating stands out compared to their actual ranking. And then, you know, of course, we talk about Arena Sabalenka, all of the usual tangents associated with the Great Shot podcast. It's an episode I know all of you Cracked Rackets fans will enjoy. So if you are not, be sure to go subscribe. Check out our Great Shot podcast feed this week on the Cracked Interviews podcast. I'm joined by a bunch of the Illinois men's tennis team. They're off to a 14-2 and start. One of the surprise stories, feel-good stories of this 2021 season. They were, you know, the shocking performance at the National Indoor Championships. And then they've only lost to Ohio State during the Big Ten regular season. So they're a team we should all circle as one to watch come the NCAA tournament in May. I got to speak with three of their leaders on the team. Alexander Kovacevic, Sifo Monsi, Zeke Clark. 
If you want to hear those conversations, you can check them out on our Cracked Interviews podcast. If you want to see those conversations, you can find them on our YouTube channel, which, of course, you can find by searching Cracked Rackets on YouTube. Of course, the reason we are able to focus on the Charleston, Bogota, Marbella, Cagliari, ATP, and WTA action we have this week, day in, day out here on this podcast, uh, is because of the support we get from all of you listeners, the support we get from our Patreon family, and then, of course, the support we get from our friends at Midwest Sports and FanDuel. I want to start quickly with the FanDuel offer because I know some of you tennis fans also definitely going to be golf fans, and boy, do our friends at FanDuel have an offer for the Masters that I know you're not going to want to pass up. For new users only, you can... uh, Open your FanDuel account, sign up at FanDuel.com slash Cracked, and you'll get 20 to 1 odds on either Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, or Jordan Spieth to just make the cut this weekend. Again, 20 to 1 odds on either DJ, defending Masters champion, or if he didn't win the Masters last year, number one golfer in the world, Rory McIlroy, they have him on the cover of the golf video game, or Jordan Spieth, former Masters champion, to make the cut. Again, 20 to 1 odds. The max bet is $5, but look, those guys are going to make the cut, and when they do, you're going to win $100. Now, this offer is open until the first player tees off on Thursday and the tournament is underway. Just so you guys know, DJ currently has the best odds in the field to make the cut at minus 1,100, Spieth minus 1,000, Rory minus 700. Again, sign up at fanduel.com slash cracked. Make an initial deposit of at least $10.00. And then claim the offer by clicking on the banner on the FanDuel homepage. 20 to 1 odds on DJ, McElroy, or Spieth to make the cut. That is too good to pass up. FanDuel.com slash cracked. How you take advantage of that offer. Of course, as always, if you want to update your equipment, you can find the best gear at the best prices by turning to our friends at MidwestSports.com. Use that promo code CR15. You'll let them know we sent you there. You'll get a bunch of deals as well. Shout out to our friends at FanDuel and Midwest Sports for making this possible. We are so grateful for their continued support. The least we can ask you to do, support them as well. FanDuel.com slash cracked and MidwestSports.com. The promo code is CR15. With that in mind, today's podcast is going to be relatively on the shorter side. We've had a lot of long Great Shot podcast episodes, as I've mentioned, for all of you listeners to digest. So just going to focus on the results we've seen on Tuesday across, again, the WTA and ATP level events in Charleston, Bogota, Marbella, and Cagliari. Let's start with the event in Charleston. That's the highlight event of the week. There are a 11 of the top 30 ranked WTA players in the world competing at this event, including Miami Open champion number one player in the world, Ashley Barty, including uh, 2020 uh, French Open finalist Sonia Kennan, 2019 French Open finalist Marketa Van Drusova, Petra Kvitova is in the mix. You've got so many fantastic players in the draw here this week in Charleston, and perhaps unsurprisingly, not only did we not see a single seed upset in Tuesday's play, 
We didn't see a oh, excuse me. We saw one seed upset, although was that an upset or not? I'll debate in a second. But every single match in Charleston on Tuesday, straight set results. The one upset we saw on the day, and again, it's up to you to decide whether you think it's an upset or not. Layla Fernandez, the 18-year-old Canadian, such a sensational talent. Is she even 18 yet? She honestly might be 17. I know she's the second highest ranked 19 or under player in the world. She not the number 16 seat off here in uh, Charleston, Shuizhang, with a 6-3-6-1 decision. You look for Layla Fernandez, who, of course, came on so strong at the start of last season and then followed up all of her play post-pandemic with a fantastic stretch uh, through August and, again, down the home stretch of the WTA season. You look at what she's been able to accomplish over, excuse me, the last 52 weeks. Layla Fernandez, who, by the way, can confirm. Still 18, doesn't turn 19 until September. You look at her last 52 weeks of play, 17 and 10 overall. That includes the WTA title she won in Monterey a few weeks ago. That also includes for her run to, you know, through Lexington qualities to the Lexington round of 16. That includes qualifying in Cincinnati, getting wins at both the U.S. Open and Roland Garros. And again, 18 years old, she's established herself at a new career high of number 72 in the world. That she knocked off Shui Zhang 6-3-6-1. You know, that scoreline does sound a bit extreme, but when you look for Shui Zhang, 32 years old, currently number 41 in the world, Clay has never been the surface that she's thrived on in her career. You look overall, she's 71 and 74 across levels, but if you want to go WTA specific, she's 42 and 52 in her career on clay. Meanwhile, Leila Fernandez is a former junior French Open champion and yeah, her sample size of professional level matches, uh, excuse me, WTA level matches on clay is significantly smaller. You look overall now she's 3 and 2 after her victory yesterday, but clay is always going to be a surface she projects well on because of how well she moves the ball around the court because of her ability to take the ball early, her comfort moving forward, her comfort moving on various surfaces. She's just going to be really good for a really long time because she can do a lot of different things and you know in this match she took it to Shui Zhang. She made 60% of her first serves, won 73% of her first serve points, 50% of her second serve points. She saved four of the five break points she faced. And then, you know, she won over 50% of her returning points on the match. One converted five of her six break point chances. She was just able to play first strike tennis from start to finish in this match. She wasn't thrown off by the variety Shui Zhang throws at you, and that just speaks to, again, the talent, the discipline of this young 18-year-old Canadian who puts forward another fantastic win, and you look now in her career uh, for Leila Fernandez, just, again, across levels, across surfaces, against opponents ranked inside the top 50 of the WTA rankings. Leila Fernandez, 18 years old, she's 7-7 seven and seven in those matches against top 50 players. That speaks to how special she's been this early in her career. She pulls off the only upset of the day again over 16, seated Shui Zhang 6-3-6-1. You look up and down the board, we can run through it. The nightcap, Coco Goff 3-0 against uh, Svetlana Perankova. I mean, Goff 
is going to thrive on every surface, but her movement, her athleticism, her ability to play first strike tennis, but also to move the ball around the court, do a little bit of everything, it thrives, you know, that game style on a clay court. She looked so comfortable today. She advances in straight sets. Petra Kvitova got pushed in her first set against uh, Storm Sanders. She wins the match 7-6-6-2, but you look in the first set, Petra Kvitova unable to convert any of the break, uh, excuse me, of the breakpoint chances she has. She only had one, but, you know, again, it it felt like first strike tennis was the key in that match. Kvitova really wasn't comfortable uh, moving on the green clay of Charleston until, I would say, about halfway through that second set. And it's a credit to Petra Kvitova, by the way, who got better as this match went on, got more comfortable on the surface. Her serve throughout this match, she made 62% of her first serves, won 74% of her first serve points, and was 48 of 59, excuse me, and of 69 in total for the match. She did a really good job defending her serve. She did a really good job of playing strike uh, first strike tennis. Sanders didn't really have the weapons to hurt Kvitova within the rallies, but you have to credit Storm Sanders, who was really disciplined about never hitting the ball too uh, too. Uh, two times in a row in the same direction, who was really good about trying to play first strike tennis, trying to be the aggressor early in the rally, taking the open space that Kvitova was giving her. But, you know, ultimately, Petra Kvitova had too much power. Her weapons were too big. Sanders couldn't do quite enough. It was a really fun match. And again, a credit to Storm Sanders for the way she competed. Petra Kvitova ultimately too good. She advances in straight sets. Your other straight set seeded winners on the day. Putin Seva, 2-2 two two over Diaz. Mukuruza looked excellent in her 1-3 win over Magdalena Frich. Uh, Own Jabour, 2-2 two two victory for her. Uh, those were your seeds getting wins on the day. Your other impressive performances. Emma Navarro, the University of Virginia freshman, 14-1 and thus far in her college career. She gets a huge win, 6-4, 6-3 over Renata Zarazua. Now, of course, it is worth noting just because it's a fun fact. Uh, Emma Navarro's father owns the event in Charleston. That's pretty cool when you can get a wild card into the event your family owns, but it's a deserved wild card. It's not as though you know, she isn't a former top junior, not just in the country, in the world, isn't a, isn't a current top college tennis player in the world, isn't a future prof- uh, player with professional aspirations and likely to have professional success. But again, that's an awesome victory for her over a tough Renata Zarazua, four in three. She gets the win. Talented young Haley Baptiste in the Battle of Young Americans. She knocks off Caroline Dalahide, three and three. Samsonova, two and one victory over Habino Sevastova, a three and three win over the young Russian Potapova. Shelby Rogers continues her success, four and three over Mladenovic, and then Kavinic, uh, a six and four win. I think that's your closest match of the day over Taliba. That was Tuesday's action in Charleston. Wednesday sees more top seeds get into the action. You've got number two seed Sonia Kennan kicking off her campaign against Lauren Davis. Number one seed Ashley Barty, your nightcap, or excuse me, one of your nightcaps as she takes on Misaki Doi. You've got Elise Mertens, Belinda Bencic, Madison Keys, Amanda Anisimova all in play. The Stevens-Keys matchups and uh, Anisimova-Shelby Rogers matchups promise to be some extraordinary tennis. You've also got Kudermatova Navarro, Buzkova Tamjanovic promises to be fun. Jabour Baptiste, uh, that should be a good one. Von Drusova's in play. Goff is in play. Fernandez, Kvinic, McNally, Sevastova. 
just top to bottom, exceptional tennis. Even the doubles. I mean, Kenan Maddox-Sands versus Goff McNally, sign me up for that. Should be a really fun day of action in Charleston. With that in mind, let's move on now to Bogota, where we saw two of our top four seeds eliminated already as number two seed, Sarah Saribas Tormo, eliminated in the battle of Sarah. She drops a 5-5 five and five decision to Sarah Arani. And then young Clara Tawson, who... Perhaps a bit too soon, receives the number four seed in the draw here. And by ranking, she's earned it, but she drops a three-set match, 3-6-6-3-6-2 uh, to Daniela Seguil. Uh, Let's start with the battle of the Sarahs. I mean, the numbers from this match, folks, are, are just going to amaze you. Now, both players made over 60% of their first serves, but Sarah Arani, 23 of 41 on first serve points, 43, uh, excuse me, 33 of 66 on service points in the match. She's exactly at 50%. Sarah Cerebes Tormo, 24 of 48 on first serve points, 32 of 75 on her service points in the match. That adds up to a 42.7 conversion rate on her service points overall in this match. Uh, there were 12 breaks of serve. Cerebes Tormo uh, saves 7 of the 15 break points she faced. So Arani 8 of 15 on break points. Cerebes Tormo 6 of 11 on break point chances. Yeah, this match got funky. This match was physical. Two hours, 11 minutes for a straight set decision. So many long rallies. So many deuce games. So many breaks of serve. It was it was exactly what you expected uh, to start your clay court season. And I think you could see... I mean, the, I, I think the craziest part is you couldn't see any physical wear on Cerebus Tormo. And she's played so much tennis of late. I actually think a week off, just a week of rest and practice might be good for her. As we have a lot of clay court tennis ahead of us, but... Yeah, man. Credit to Sarah Ronnie. She's a scrapper. She fights. She claws. It doesn't matter. 33 years old, ranked 112 in the world. It doesn't matter. When she's there, she's going to, you know, ball out. She's going to game. And that's what she did. Uh, you know, she grinded. She stra- scratched. She clawed. She earned the 5-5 five and five victory. Your other win, uh, you know, in terms of the Tossin match, I just thought for Clara Tossin, you look at the stats in this one. You know, her serve let her down in this match. Tossin only makes 53% of her first serve. She's 16 of 45 on second serve points in the match. I think her movement got exposed a little bit. Seguil was able, Seguil, excuse me, I don't, I'm not, Seguil, Seguil, I'll have to look up the pronunciation. She did a really good job of playing strike first tennis and attacking that second serve, getting Tossin on her back foot because as talented of a ball striker as Clara Tossin is, her movement is the one thing that you see and you're like, oh yeah, she really still is 18 years old. She's not quite there physically. Seguil uh, did a great job of exposing that, but you look in the match, by the way, Seguil had 18 breakpoint chances. Tossin had 17, and you know Tossin converted 5, Seguil converted 7. This was an either-or match. Clara Tossin, as always, found a way to compete, found a way to stay alive, but just, you know, the serve, the movement isn't quite there yet, and considering she's only 18 years old, that's fine. That's totally cool because those are the two easiest things to improve. Still, great victory for Daniela Seguil. 
she advances to the round of 16. Your other winners on the day, Aruba Barina advances over Plazaz, uh, Tan over Buznarenko, Osorio Serrano over Vickery Martinsova over Kung, Gato Matsikoni over Sharma in a match that featured... Some horrible chair umpiring. The chair umpire forgot the score, awarded a game to Gato Monticone that belonged to Sharma. Yeah, that's not great. I mean, you're on the court for one reason, chair umpire. I mean, for multiple reasons, but it's to manage the match. The score is under the purview of managing the match. The chair umpire didn't succeed to do that. You can say, shouldn't Sharma be aware of the score? Yeah, she should be, and she should have said something. At the same time, that's not her job. Her job is to play the tennis, the chair umpires, to ensure that the match is competed and completed fairly. It wasn't, and it's the chair umpire's fault. That's my take on it. I don't think much more needs to be said than that. Your other victors on the day, Zidanezic, the number five seed, 0-5 over Kalinskaya and Aranksa Rus survive 6-4-5-7-6-4 over Barra to advance. In terms of tomorrow's matches in Bogota, Aruba Barina taking on Paulini, Bolsova, Irani, Zhang versus Vogel. You've also got Wang versus Tomova and Rus versus Parizas Diaz. Should be a fun day of action in Bogota. That's what's happening on the WTA side. On the men's side, and I'm going to zoom through these quickly, Alejandro Davidovich Fokina played my most impressive match of the day. He knocks off Demir Zumher, 6-7-6-2-6-2. I just really like everything Davidovich Fokina can do on a hard court, and I wrote about this in an article you guys are going to be able to probably read at a minimum on our website uh, Wednesday morning at a maximum, hopefully also uh, for our friends at OutKick. who, by the way, are the ones who make the FanDuel.com slash Cracked offer with the Masters deal possible. So shout out to them in this instance. But Davidovich Fokina, I wrote about this. He, uh, you know, is someone who probably most uh, was most hurt by the pandemic in terms of the scheduling because, of course, we all remember his breakthrough performance in Estoril back in 2019. He made the semifinal of that event, beating Taylor Fritz, I believe beating Gael Monfils as well. Uh, And then, you know, he's a guy who has a winning record in his career on clay. You look overall for Alejandro Davidovich Fokina, and, you know, it hasn't happened entirely at the ATP level, but Davidovich Fokina thus far in his career uh, has had success. He is, uh, and I don't want to be incorrect, 64 and 42 overall in clay court matches now, just 3 and 4 overall in the seven clay court matches he's played since the start of the 2020 season, but He's won 17 of his last 27 ATP-level clay court matches, and again, a bunch of the challenger success he has had in his career has come on clay. It's where his first big breakthrough at the ATP level occurred. I think, you know, as he continues to play more clay court ATP-level matches, the numbers will even themselves out. He'll get closer and then ultimately far above 500, and the reason I think that is because his game just works on clay. His speed transcends clay court surface. It doesn't matter if it's hard courts. It doesn't matter if it's clay courts. It doesn't matter if it's grass. He's got that sort of athleticism. Yeah, his forehand can sit up a little bit, but I love the way he drives his backhand through any court, but on a clay court in particular, when he wants to really lock in on that forehand wing, he's able to create spin, create elevation over the net, which subsequently leads to depth, create angle, and then when he wants to drive it, create pace. He's got the creativity with the drop shot. He's got a comfort moving forward. Yeah, the second serve hangs up a little bit, but I love the kick that he's able to produce on clay. 
And he just got better as his match against Ilya Ivashka went on to, uh, excuse me, against Ilya Ivashka, against Demir Zumher went on today. Uh, you know, first serve percentage wise, Davidovich Fokina probably left, a f- you know, uh, early in the match, was struggling, but then ultimately ends with a 71% first serve percentage. His second serve did hang a little bit, only 10 of 25 on second serve points, and, you know, he faced. Uh, or excuse me, I, I screwed that up. He won- he made seventy six percent of his first serve points, won sixty five percent of his first serve points, but won seventy five percent of his second serve points as well. It was the zoom her second serve. That's what I meant to say. That hung up. And Davidovich did a Fokina did a really good job of attacking that ball, being the aggressor, and making the match physical, getting the ball into the zoom her backhand. He just. I really like his skill set, and I know he doesn't have that six five six six size, but he doesn't lack in speed. He doesn't lack in power. He doesn't lack in muscle. He's not as easy to overwhelm with a big kick serve. It's not like a Munar or a Sebastian Baez where you're concerned with his size. He can just do it all, and so he is someone I have circled. He could very well win this event in Marbella this weekend. He's just a guy, I think, you know, currently hovering right around that top 50. I think he's a top 30 player. I really do. With his athleticism, the broadness of his skill set, I think he can beat a lot of different people on any given day as he becomes more and more consistent he'll be able to cut out some of the bad losses as well again 17 and 10 in his last 27 ATP level matches a lot of those have come on hard courts but I still think clay for him is going to be a surface he thrives in he gets a key three set win the sort of win you need when you're establishing yourself and trying to solidify yourself in the ATP top 50 Another guy who continues to put up win after win on the clay was a challenger superstar last year in all of the clay court events he played now, getting his getting more debuts at the ATP level. Carlos Alcaraz continues to rock and roll. He knocks off Nikola Miljovic, who won a challenger on the dirt just two weeks ago, 6-3. and three. I mean, boy, does the ball explode off of Alcaraz's rack, and he moves so well on the clay. A guy who slides into his shot, a guy who anticipates so well, is comfortable being six feet behind the baseline, but even when he is, if you think you can drop shot him when he's in that position, you're going to be sadly mistaken. He can elevate the forehand when he's on the run, and sometimes his ground strokes do sit short, but he's also 17, 18 years old, and just the way he's able to run around his forehand, hit that ball inside out, inside out, inside in. Yes, he's a righty, but it is reminiscent of the Nadal patterns. It is reminiscent of the court positioning, the way he wants to impose his will and just the heaviness of his ground strokes. You know, I love his serve. I think it will continue to improve as well as he gains muscles. He fills out his body. But, you know, he had the biggest weapons on the court uh, in his match with Miljovic and he also could hang physically with the 25, 26-year-old Miljovic. So fantastic result for the wild card. Alcaraz, in terms of your other winners on the day, Haumi Munar is not going to lose unless you have big weapons on clay. He knocks off Henry Laxanen in 4-1. and Laxanen just doesn't have the consistency to hang with Munar on the dirt. Your other winners via Martinez in straight sets, Gianluca Magier in straight sets, Ivashka in straights, Bagnus in straights, Carlos Alcaraz, I already mentioned in straight. So I meant to say Feliciano Lopez, who got a 4-4 and win over Taro Daniel. Those were Tuesday's results in terms of Wednesday's matches. You've got Carreno Busta versus Via Martinez, Ramos Vinoles versus Barrancas, Gumbos versus Delbonis, and then Bagnus versus Sun Wu Kwan. 
Should be a fun day of action in Marbella and then in Cagliari. No upsets thus far. Your two seeds who competed on the day, Jan Leonard Struff, John Millman, both three set winners for Struff, 7-5 in the third over Jao Sosa for Millman, 6-3 in the third over a very much informed Federico Correa. That was a good win for Millman, who... His forehand was the biggest weapon on the court. You don't say that often. His ability to put that shot away when the opportunity presented itself uh, was the difference in the match. Uh, Liam Brody, big first, I think, clay court, ATP, main draw, level win. For him, 1-3 over Marc-Andre Hussler. Chechenato gets a three-set win over Fabi- uh, Fabiano. Kovalik, three sets over Nagal. Martin, three sets over Vesely. Musetti, the win of the day. 0-1 over Dennis Novak. He should have probably won that match 0-0. He hit, like, at one point, an on-the-run tweener passing shot. He was hitting drop shots, the amount of time he has to load up on his backhand wing on the clay and then swing through that backhand is just dangerous and delightful for us tennis fans to enjoy. Lorenzo Musetti's the real deal, folks. He's a minus 400 favorite tomorrow. I think he's actually minus 420, lol, uh, favorite tomorrow over uh, number one seed Dan Evans. And like for a nine or an 18, 19 year old Italian, I think he just turned 19 to be a minus 400 favorite over the number one seed in the second round of an ATP 250 event. It speaks to how good he has been on clay. Just some numbers for you guys. You look for Lorenzo Musetti uh, thus far over the course of uh, the past few months, Musetti, uh, I believe, 40-16 and 16 since the start of August, 26-9 and nine on clay, including a clay court title, a clay court challenger title, a clay court challenger final, a round of 16 at the Rome Masters, 26-9 and nine overall, wins over Nishikori and Wawrinka, 5-3 and three in his career against top 50 ranked opponents. He should be the favorite against Evans, but minus 400. Boy, oh boy. That being said, Dennis Novak, couldn't hurt Lorenzo Musetti, and the fact that you're saying that about a guy who, again, 19-year-old Italian, absolutely nuts, fantastic level from him today, and then Jill Simone, your final winner, three sets over Travaglia. In terms of your matches on the schedule tomorrow in Cagliari, Brody versus Struve, Gerasimov versus Bedene, Basilish, Vili versus Kovalik, and Fritz versus Martin. Should be a fun day of ATP and WTA action on Wednesday, of course. Again, excuse me, if you have missed anything that has happened over the past few weeks in the ATP or WTA tours, or just across, I suppose, the broader uh, tennis world, be sure to check up on all the action on our website, CrackedRackets.com. If you're not already, like, rate, subscribe, review to this podcast, our Great Shout podcast, Cracked Interviews and Inside Out podcast. You need more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We are at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly, I am at Great Shot Pod. Shout out, as always, to our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff for the of an ending job they do day in day out shout out as well to our friends at FanDuel and Midwest Sports remember FanDuel.com slash cracked to take advantage of their master's offer and then MidwestSports.com the promo code is CR15 with that in mind for our wonderful super producers Fligner and Westoff our friends at FanDuel and Midwest Sports and all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network I'm your host Alex Gruskin you know what we say that's the break see you all tomorrow thanks everyone